Let's do it again. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities on WHUP-LP Hillsborough. Right now, right this moment, someplace in this vast world of ours, there is someone you need to contact. Right now, it is possible for you to contact this person through a process called telepathy, just one of the facets of ESP, or extrasensory perception. Right now, if you really want to contact another living human being, wherever they might be, you can do it. Now, here is the process. Right this moment, as intently as you possibly can, I want you to think about the person you are hoping and wishing to contact. Your mind is a vast reservoir of energy ready to be released into the universe. Right now, release the image of this person, float it on its way into that person's mind. If you are strong enough to believe that you can contact this person telepathically, right now this image is on its way into their mind. Now it is important that you set a time limit to be sure that your telepathy works. So I want you right now to begin to time this process and see how long it takes for that person to contact you. It may be that they would find it impossible to call you by telephone and so they will use the process of the mails. Or it may be that it is impossible for them to get to you physically right away, but in some unusual way, you will recognize that they have made mental contact. Right now, think of the image, send the image, and wait for the response. You'll be amazed when telepathy becomes a part of your own living. Extrasensory perception, what is it? Extrasensory perception is a facet of every human mind. Everybody listening right now has the capability of using ESP. Extrasensory perception is a part of man, a sixth sense, if you want to call it that, that has been with us from time immemorial. Throughout the history of mankind, there are indisputable evidences that it is possible for everyone to use extrasensory perception. This ability is available to you now. In order for us to better understand this phenomena called ESP, I think it is simpler if we divide it into three distinct categories. The first of these categories is telepathy, or mind-to-mind communication. All of us have had the feeling at some time or another of being telepathically in tune with another person. Maybe you've had the frequent experience of suddenly hearing the telephone ring, and without a doubt, even though through your own intuition or knowledge, you should not know who is calling you, as the telephone begins to ring, you get a vivid picture of the person who is calling you. And sure enough, when you pick up the telephone, it's the person you were just thinking about 
Coincidence? Probably extrasensory perception in a realm called telepathy. Or maybe you have received an intuition one day that you ought to sit down and write a dear friend of yours that you haven't corresponded with for years. And at the very moment that you sit down to write them, they sit down and write you and your letters cross in the mail. Coincidence? This is evidence of telepathy or of mind-to-mind -mind communication. Another great facet of extrasensory perception is called precognition, or the possibility of anticipating and predicting the future. I call this process time-projected empathy. Would you like to be able to predict the future accurately? Would you like to be able to tell your friends what's going to be happening to them? Would you like to have knowledge of what's going to be taking place in international events just within the next few weeks? By this process of time-projected empathy, you can predict the future. Now, this may all sound strange the first time you're hearing it, but really it is something that is available to you that you can use and find great results from. Suppose you decide right this moment that you do want to predict the future. How do you go about it? The first thing you must be willing to do is to realize that this ability is available to you. Then all you must do is throw your mind into the future as wild as this sounds, wait for an image to focus, see something happening, and then verbalize it. Right now, why don't you give it a try? Let's make an easy experiment. Someplace in your home right now, there's a deck of cards lying in a drawer, probably face down, waiting to be shuffled. Try an experiment in predicting the future or in precognition by trying to look at that deck in your mind. Take the number three. What card do you feel is the third card down in the deck starting from the top? Let your mind focus on an image of a playing card and now go check it out. Whether you are right or wrong in this first experiment is not really important. What is important is that you are trying a new facet of your mind called time-projected empathy. The word empathy is a very strong word and a very meaningful word. The word empathy goes beyond sympathy, meaning that you so feel with an event that it is almost as if it is happening in your mind. Now when you try to predict by time-projected empathy, let your mind go into the future. See some event happening, no matter how strange it may seem, and verbalize it. Now it is important when you give a prediction that you set up criteria that you can follow to know whether you are hitting or you are missing. And when you first begin this process, you may have some misses. But this is an ability that can be learned. It is an ability that is in your mind right this moment. And it is an ability that you can utilize. You must also, in giving a prediction, let people know how much time will elapse before it will take place. 
It is no fair making a prediction just saying something is going to happen and then wait for it to happen. You must nail it down. As you see this image form in your mind, as you project yourself into the future, you can also see the time sequence. Begin by saying, how soon will it happen? Does it look like 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? Whatever forms in your mind, say it. Now, in order to keep accurate count of your predictions, it is important that, number one, you let your friends verbally know about it. Number two, you give them the time sequence in which the event will happen. And number three, you write it down so that you can check off your records. After you have tried time-projected empathy, beginning right now, you will begin to know and empathize with the future. One of the great facets of extrasensory perception is called psychokinesis. Psychokinesis is a long word which very simply means mind over mind or mind over matter. In the realm of parapsychology, the study of human behavior beyond psychology as we understand it today, there have been countless incidents of the possibility of the mind controlling matter. Some gamblers feel definitely that by the very act of thinking of a certain number causes them to throw that number when they pick up the dice. Expert poker players feel that there is something in the realm of PK or psychokinesis that helps them control even the very fall of the cards. Try it next time you play. Now, psychokinesis can also work among friendships. It is possible for you to control another mind. Is this dangerous? No more dangerous than any other tool of science that can be used properly or misused. Here's an easy experiment and a fun one to try. Next time you're out with some other people, decide upon some course of action that you want one of these persons to take. Make it unusual enough so that you will know that when they take this action, they might even be a bit frustrated themselves. And begin to obliquely send that thought in the most concrete form to that other mind. It may be something simple like putting the wrong end of a cigarette into their mouth or tripping up a stairway. Try this experiment next time you're out, even tonight, and see if you cannot begin to control another mind through psychokinesis or mind over mind, another great facet of extrasensory perception. Is there someone in your family that you are worried about right now? There is a way through extrasensory perception to find out if this person is really ill. This process is called psychometry. Psychometry is a term meaning simply that when you handle an object that belongs to another person, you can pick up vibrations from this object that will give you a clue to their health.
Let me give you an example. One day I was having lunch with a group of executives from a very prominent corporation here in the United States. Since I was there talking about extrasensory perception, the conversation moved toward ESP the moment we sat down to lunch. One of the men there asked me if I knew anything about psychometry, and I told him that I practice it frequently. And he said, I want to hand you something, and you tell me what you get. He handed me a watch that fit on his belt, commonly called a golfer's watch. As I took hold of the watch, I felt an immediate feeling that this man had bad health. Now, you want to be very careful that you don't alarm someone improperly when you do feel this vibration of bad health. It has its own distinct feeling. It is a feeling of clamminess, a feeling of something not quite being right. This lunch was being held in November, and I told him that by the middle of December he would be in the hospital because of a heart condition that the doctor would discover within the next few days, and that he would be in the hospital over Christmas. Now, this is not pleasant news, certainly, but by this very act of using psychometry to warn this man, I was able to prepare his mind for what was going to happen. He was relieved by this, did spend Christmas holidays in the hospital, but is now in robust health and continuing happily with his family and with his job. Tonight, if you are meeting with some friends, ask each friend to take an object from their person, like a ring, a pin, anything. Drop them into a box. Now as you receive the box of objects, pick up each object, close your hand around it, and then begin to talk as you feel. There is a superconscious in the mind that is unused by man. Every leading psychologist and psychiatrist and scientist in the country would generally agree with the statement that we only use 10% of our mind. This leaves 90% of the conscious mind that is not being used. As you hold this object, as you begin to sense the vibrations from the object, begin to tell what you feel. No matter how strange this may seem to you, you will begin to pick up vibrations from that object that will tell you about a person's health. And you may be able to help them with something they are not even sensitive to or know about. You may be able to help them through psychometry. I have been asked many times, what was your first experience with extrasensory perception? The first experience I had with ESP triggered off a lifelong search to find out what is the mind of man and what can it do. While I was in college in South Carolina, sitting with my roommates one day, I suddenly felt a strong impression that my father was going to die. My father was a man of robust health, but 600 miles from home, I felt an impression that he was going to die. 
the feeling about this was so strong that I told my roommates about it. This impression of my father's death stayed with me. Later on that evening, as we were sitting around in the dormitory, the phone rang, and I said, wait a minute, that's it. That's the news of my father's death. In a few moments, I was called to the telephone and was told that my father had suddenly died that afternoon of a heart attack. Now, the phenomena that I experienced was an emotional, mental outreach from my father at the moment of death to let me know what was happening. This kind of experience is usually the beginning experience of those who are psychically inclined and who can learn extrasensory perception. Now, ESP does not have to begin with some kind of dire event, some kind of forewarning about death. It can also be a very happy experience. Several years ago, I had been speaking for a group of musicians in Boston. The principal musician was Al Hurt, and he had been making an album with the Boston Pops Orchestra. And I was invited by the record company to come and entertain and talk about extrasensory perception at a party celebrating the conclusion of the album. When I met Al Hurt, we had an immediate feeling of rapport. And later on at the party, he asked me if I would be willing to come to his club in New Orleans and spend three weeks giving lecturettes on extrasensory perception between the musical events that take place in his club, and I told him I would readily accept. The next day, I made my way to Washington, D.C., where I was going to spend a few days with my wife at the home of a congressman friend. As I got into Washington and was met at the airport, the congressman and his wife and my wife said, we've planned a nice outing tonight. We're going to hear the opening of Pearl Bailey at the Shoreham Hotel. I had never seen Pearl Bailey except on television, and I had never met her, and I knew that she did not know that I existed. And that evening, as we went to see her charming performance at the Shoreham Hotel, we sat at a front row table. In the middle of her third number, Pearl Bailey suddenly stopped, looked over at me, and said, I know all about you, bearded one, and your ESP jazz. And I know that you're getting ready to go to New Orleans, and I know that what you are really seeing me do now is not what you actually want to see. And with this, she gave a nod to her husband, the drummer, Louis Belson. He began a bump-and-grind beat. She started into a dance, and suddenly, in an incredible moment, kicked up her foot, and her shoe flew off and came sailing right over toward our table. In another incredible moment, I stood up, reached up left-handed, caught the shoe, picked up our bottle of champagne, poured it into the shoe, drank the champagne, tossed the shoe back to her, and it stopped the show. All of the reporters who were there that night covering her opening felt that this was a part of her act. They could not believe that it was a genuine experience of telepathy in the realm of extrasensory perception. Pearl Bailey and I had a long talk after her performance that night, and we have been friends ever since. And she told me that in some unusual way, telepathically, she picked up from me that I was interested in extrasensory perception, that I was getting ready to go to New Orleans, and it was a most startling incident. Now, as we begin these experiments, 
I want you to understand that you can do them and that these experiments of a beginning nature can so excite your mind that you can become a great adept of extrasensory perception. It is not a gift. It is a developed part of your human personality.
J.C. said, spare the rod and spoil the child. You dig? So the first thing that happens, man, is they start giving you their thoughts and making things out of you that they want to make out of. Man. And by the time you reach there, you exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. You're a free soul standing in a cage who has to die because he was taught that he has to die and he has to eat because he was taught that, he, that everyone must eat. Why, you'd be insane. And they said, don't go insane. And they said, let me help you. 
You read a lot? No, I don't read at all. You don't read at all? Uh -uh. I was lucky. <laughs> I, got a, lucky. I got out of the race early. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I was so smart when I was a kid that I learned that I was dumb fast. That's good. <laughs> That's the way it is with everyone, not just me. <laughs> You're taught that you can't. They they even teach you the words. They give you the words. Take all the words away. And don't think in right and wrong, just think in truth. Mm -hmm. All the answers are there. Sound of one hand clapping is simply the sound of one hand clapping. There are no big answers. All the big colleges that we've been building is taking people the other way. The smartest people in the world are really the most cut off. Mm -hmm. It's this common people, man, with the soul. It really moves, you know. And in other words, you, you think that maybe progress is not good for mankind? Progress? There's no such thing as progress. There's only change. You dig a hole in the ground, and you build up a city, and you fight a war, and you call it progress. <laughs> you call it change. You call it change. And it's a beautiful game, and it's a perfect game. And whoever wants to continue playing general and going out and killing himself, well, my goodness, I wouldn't want to play that game myself. But if they want to play it, I love them for it. If they want to go over there and kill each other. Yeah. You know, the only reason they're over there is because they want to be. They can use any excuse, and they can say, but, but, and, maybe, uh... But it boils down to, man, you know, just one thing. As long as there's hate in your heart, there'll be hate in the world. Mm -hmm. You can't fight for peace, and you cannot capture freedom. <laughs> and it's just a simple little old thing, man, that any little baby could figure out if we didn't put cancer in his mind. Then love is the, is the total answer? If... Someone beats you with a whip, and you love the whip. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> He's making a fool out of himself. <laughs> Old J.C. said, turn the other cheek. <laughs> it's a simple thing, man. You know. <laughs> it's heaven right here, Jack, right here. <laughs>
Woke up one morning half asleep With all my blankets in a heap And yellow roses scattered all around The time was still approaching For I couldn't stand it anymore So Mary goes upon my eye to doubt I'm just sitting watching flowers in the rain Feel the power of the rain Making the garden grow I'm just sitting watching flowers in the rain Feel the power of the rain Side with all the windows open wide Couldn't pressurize my head from speaking Hoping not to make a sound I pushed my bed into the ground In time to catch the sight that I was seeking I'm just sitting watching flowers in the rain Feel the power of the rain Making the garden grow I'm just sitting watching flowers in the rain Feel the power of the rain Keeping me cool If my pillow is getting wet, I don't see that it matters much to me. I heard the flowers in the breeze make conversation with the trees, really to leave reality behind me. With my commitments in a mess, my sleep has gone away depressed. In a world of fantasy, you find me. I'm just sitting, watching flowers in the rain, feel the power of the rain, making the I'm just sitting, watching flowers in the rain Feel the power of the rain, keeping me cool Watching flowers in the rain Power in the rain Power flowers in the rain Flower power in the rain Powerful flowerful
fighting war. I wanna do to know what they're fighting for. Now, girl, do your thing. Why don't you shorten up your dress? 'Cause the guys today they wanna dig that me. Wait a minute. I say, girl, do your thing. Why don't you shorten up your dress? Because the guys today they wanna dig that me. And I'll be straight. Wait a minute. Saying it, doing it, is just a different thing. It's just as much different in it, night and day. Saying it, doing it, is just a different thing. Just as much different in it, is night and day. You got to do it. Hey! Wait a minute.
Let's do it again. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities on WHUP-LP Hillsborough. Soul. <laughs> oh man, there's some facts that you should know. 
going out Doing something people will remember I wanna get my name in the papers So people will remember me I feel like going out And doing something really Make me love her so 
Cause she's a way out chick She's driving me crazy She's on the hoo-hoo kick I've never been in love like a this before She must have hung her mojo on my door But oh, I like a like that
Keep on. 
Flippers and gas masks ready. Tap 
I want to talk to you now about your children and extrasensory perception. Between the ages of birth and five years old, the most formative years of a child's life, it is possible for you to introduce them into the realm of extrasensory perception and add a whole new great dimension to their lives. Now, the way to do this is very simple, and it is in no way mysterious or unusual. What you must do is put yourself in the frame of mind to realize that a child has great potential for ESP before he begins his schooling. Now, this is not to deny intellectual capacity and ability and the necessity for schools, but I want you to understand that it is in these formative years before a child learns to think intellectually that his ESP ability is capable of use. Maybe you've had the experience of watching your own child or another child have a precognitive experience and not even know that it was a facet of extrasensory perception. For instance, a preschool child comes to you and says, do you know my grandmother's going to visit today? Intellectually and realistically, there seems to be no way that it would be possible for the grandmother to visit that day. She may live in another town, on the other side of the town, even in another state, but suddenly the grandmother shows up. This is an experience of precognition that many children have. Children many times know who's knocking at the door when rationally they have no explanation of knowing why children sometimes have a feeling of rapport 
with other friends, and sometimes even imaginary friends, that may be more real than you can believe. A child can pick up telepathic impressions of other children and of events and transfer them through speech to you. He is not even aware that something unusual is taking place. Children are amazing in that they have not yet reached the point in life where their inhibitions push down their creative capacity. And when their creativity is allowed to come out, it comes out in every form of extrasensory perception that we know about today. You should encourage your preschool child to tell you his thoughts about his friends, his past, his future. You should encourage him to tell you when he does feel that something impending is about to happen. And you will learn that every child has a great deal of extrasensory perception. Now when a child begins to think logically and structures his thinking by building fact upon fact, this experience of extrasensory perception is covered over. When he learns the sophistication of speech and no longer has to rely upon this innate, intuitive, extrasensory perceptive ability, he loses it. The ability of extrasensory perception is still there, and he only loses it because he does not use it. How would you like to have a raise in pay and not even have to verbalize this to your boss? Here's what you do. Begin to think of how much of a raise you would like to have. Now as you go to your job for the next week, begin to say in your mind to your boss, calling him by name, I would like to have a raise. Now this may seem ridiculous to you, but remember this is all taking place in your mind and you're the only person in the universe at this moment who knows about it. But you are going to share this thought with your boss. Every day for the next week, while you're at work, Begin to say mentally to him, and then send the thought to him, Boss, I want a raise. Boss, I want the raise to be this amount of money. Boss, your mind is going to be filled with this thought of mine that I want a raise. Now, as you begin to send this thought for a week, don't construe the thought in such a way that it becomes hard work for you. Make it happen in a state of relaxation so that it becomes a happy thought with you. And then within the next few days when your boss suddenly calls you into the office and offers you a raise, just politely smile, give him a big thank you, and in your innermost mind remember that telepathy works. Every day that you live, your body manufactures drugs that keep you alive. The secretions of your glands, the makeup of your blood, all of this is controlled by your mind. 
Since it is possible for the human mind to control our living every day by regulating the pace of our heart, by manufacturing what drugs it needs to keep us physically alert and able, it is also possible for the human mind to heal. Now, in no way do I disparage medical science because the great strides that have been made in research in recent years are constantly adding happy years to our own existence. But many times the doctor is amazed and mystified by the healing process and realizes that this healing comes about because of the mind and the body of man. I'm going to tell you now that you can be physically well through extrasensory perception if you are willing to give it a try. Let's begin with something that all of us face almost daily, the common headache. The next time you feel an inkling of a headache, I want you to stop, tell your mind through a process of psychokinesis or mind over matter that you do not have a headache. Tell your mind to begin the manufacture of whatever is needed to stop the headache. It's that simple. During the winter season, are you plagued with constant colds? It may be that most colds are psychosomatically or mentally inspired as a form of escape. If we get a cold, we know that we get sympathy and we find sympathy a happy event, and so we get more colds. But I can tell you by experience and from factual personal knowledge that you can exist without the common cold. How? The next time you feel the sniffles beginning, through psychokinesis or mind over matter, tell your whole body to heal itself. By being able to convincingly say to your own mind, heal my body, you will find out that you can alleviate most of the pains and sufferings that you go through daily without reverting to the medicine cabinet. And it's really worth a try. Right now, if there's some ailment that is bothering you, why not give extrasensory perception a chance through the process of psychokinesis or mind over matter and heal yourself? Next time you're out to dinner, here's an experiment that you can try in any restaurant and see telepathy in action. Pick a person across the room who has their back toward you and begin to stare at the back of their head. As you stare at this person's head, imagine that there is a stream of light running from your eyes into the back of the person's head. And on that stream of light, you send the thought, turn around and look at me. Turn around and look at me. Now you may find as you stare at this person's head that they do not turn around right away. Don't let this discourage you in any way. Keep on sending the thought until they answer. In a few moments, you're going to be amazed to see that the person does suddenly turn around with a puzzled expression and look at you. And as they do, you can give them a friendly greeting of hello 
And maybe they will know that they have been telepathically in tune with you. Have you ever been to a party and you have looked over the crowd and found someone who looks exciting and interesting and then worry about how you can make an introduction? Well, you can get an introduction to that person, no matter what their sex, telepathically, if you'll try. The best way is to begin to concentrate upon this person and see in your mind the act of your meeting this person. In your mind, in just a few seconds, you can run through the whole process of seeing the introduction made. Send this picture, this mental photograph, to the person you want to meet. Now, don't make it obvious that you're trying to meet the person. Just simply think about it. Now, as you begin to flood the room with these mental images of introduction, soon the very person that you want to meet will come and introduce themselves to you. No matter how strange this may sound, it does work. And your influence telepathically to the mind of another may cause one of the happiest meetings you've ever had. It is possible through meditation to increase your own psychic awareness to life. And when I speak about meditation, I'm not talking about taking hours of your time. But a simple little exercise that you can do whenever you feel like it that will definitely improve the psychic centers of your mind. Here is the experiment. Find a candle. Any color will do, but purple is considered to be more psychic than any other color. Place the candle on a barren table about 30 inches from the center of your forehead. The pineal gland is located in the center of your forehead, and this is called the third eye. And it is this psychic center of the third eye that we want to use in our meditative experiment. Now, the candle is placed on the table, lighted, and allowed to burn for a few seconds. Now, blink your eyes several times because you are going to have to stare at the candle without blinking for 30 to 60 seconds. Now, with your eyes cleared, stare intently into the flame of the candle. Examine the flame carefully without blinking. See that there are many colors in the flame of a candle, many colors that you have not even been aware of before. Watch the flame burn. Let the image of the flame burn itself into your third eye. Continue to concentrate on the flame of the candle. Now, when the proper amount of time has elapsed, 30 to 60 seconds, close your eyes. Close them gently. Let your eyes turn upward and inward and concentrate on the center of the forehead, the scene of the third eye. If you have properly meditated, suddenly in all of its glory, the flame of this candle will appear in the center of your forehead, burning there. 
As you see the colorful flame burning there, it will seem as if it is searing into your mind, and it will be a most pleasant experience. Now relax. You may find that at the moment you relax after you have seen the flame, telepathic images begin to flood your mind. Sort them out. Concentrate on them. And find out with whom you are in contact. In the society in which we live, our lives are governed by time. Time is an important commodity. And if you are pressured by business and social life to be places on time, it is always important that you get up in time. Alarm clocks can fail. Clock radios with the music can cause you to sleep rather than awake. So I want to tell you a way that you can wake up every morning at exactly the time you want to wake up by setting your own mental psychic alarm clock. Now this is very easy to do, and it only takes a moment's practice to become sufficient at it. If tomorrow morning you want to wake up at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock or whatever time, even a weird time like 8.13, as you prepare for bed, think visually in your mind of the face of a clock set at exactly the time you want to get up. And then as you start to sleep, repeat over in your mind, I want to awaken at 8.13. I want to awaken at 8.13. This process sets off the psychic timer that will awaken you at exactly 8.13 or whatever time you want to be awakened. This is an experiment that you can try right this night. It is an experiment that will work. And you can have the joyful feeling of knowing that wherever you are, you can always wake up at exactly the time you want to. If you're only human, you've had the experience of meeting someone that you met just a few days ago, and you begin the conversation by saying, I remember your face, but I can't remember your name. Psychic ability is improved by a healthy memory. I am now going to give you a mystery of the mind that will help you remember names and faces. And a healthy memory can improve your psychic ability. Usually when we are introduced to someone, we do not really hear their name. So it is important that when you are introduced to another person that you get their name exactly. Have them repeat it to you several times. They'll be happy to do it because everyone loves to hear their own name. After you have heard the name two or three times, if it is an unusual name, ask the person to spell it. And as they spell it, begin to tuck away this spelling in your mind. Now look at the person's face and begin to think of their name. Now in your own mind, as you make up a link between the face and the name, no matter how ridiculous it is, tuck that away in your mind. As you continue talking to this person, use their name 
at least three times. Call them by name. Refer to them by name. Speak to someone else and say, have you met so-and-so, and repeat their name again. It is possible for you to remember a hundred names or more by using this process in one evening's time. It will require a little mental effort. But as you get home that evening after you have met these people, whether at a cocktail party, a church, social, or wherever, repeat the name and see the mental facial image. And when you meet them the next day, the next week, the next month, or even the next year, you will amaze yourself as well as the person when you can call them by name. If extrasensory perception does nothing more than bring happiness to your life, it is certainly worth the effort to try it. Man not only has a conscious mind and a superconscious mind, but he also has a subconscious mind. And it is in this deep subconscious mind that many of our strongest psychic impulses lie. These impulses can come floating into our minds through sleep and dreams. Most everyone who continues to develop their psychic ability finds out that they do have dreams that have meaning for the future. And these dreams are not couched in mystical terms or archaic symbols, but come to you realistically. Since it is difficult to remember dreams, it is important that you write down your dream as soon as you have it. There is also the possibility of solving problems through extrasensory perception and the process of dreams. If there is a problem that is troubling you, just before you go to sleep, think about the problem. Do not seek a solution. Relax and go to sleep. The psychic center is then able to work upon the problem while you are asleep and can oftentimes bring you the solution through a dream. Every great inventor in history has actuated his intuitive psychic center and has let a lot of the work be done by this part of the mind. Hidden in the deep recesses of your psychic centers may be some of the great thoughts of this century. By training your mind to look for...